Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hello and welcome to season four of the behind the scenes podcast, Soap from the Box. I'm Lee Salisbury, television director and producer and now podcaster and we are back bigger and better. Not only talking to the actors who play your favourite characters in EastEnders, Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, Home and Away and Neighbours, which is also coming back to our screens, but also extra special pop from the box music guests and some huge TV and film specials. And don't just listen anywhere. To be VIP, you need to listen on the Another Slice podcast player. It's free to sign up to and you'll get to hear exclusive audio and video clips you won't get anywhere else. And all the latest news from us directly lands in your inbox. This week, you get to hear an unedited extended version of this episode for free over on Another Slice. Remember, there's also an extra special episode with EastEnders and I'm a Celebrity star, Jacqueline Josser. It's free to listen to. You just need to head to anotherslice.com slash soap from the box and sign up with us. Sign up. It's going to be a huge year and we want you on the ride with us. You can also choose to subscribe for a couple of quid. You get even more special content, including the chance to ask your questions to the stars and get exclusive special episodes like Jacqueline Josser that will be for your ears only. You'll also be able to hear extended episodes and episodes before anyone else. Head to anotherslice.com slash soap from the box. Right. Come on, let's get going. Here's this week's episode. My guest today started her acting career by taking the theatre world by storm, including playing Tess in the play of the same name at the Kingshead Theatre, which was 1989's Time Out's critic choice, and Sylvie in Stephen Burkov's 25th anniversary production of East in London's West End. She is back treading the boards right now, currently playing Amelia in the Nationals production of Othello, but... She is no stranger to soap fans. She spent three years in Channel 5's Family Affairs as Karen Ellis, a year in the bill, and of course, many of us know her and love her as Rainey in EastEnders. She joined in 2007, 2007 not 17, uh, playing the sister of Tanya, played, of course, by the formidable Joe Joyner. Rainey has certainly left her mark in EastEnders, and this lady made a mark in my working life as just being bloody fabulous. Please welcome Tanya Franks. Hello. Hello, Lee. Hello. I'm really pleased to be here. It's lovely to talk to you. 
It's lovely to be now. EastEnders, I mean, you are probably the most back and forth person I've ever kind of tried to uh, um, research. You did a week long stint, first of all, in 2007. You were back in 2008, then 2010, 2014 to 2015. Quick guest appearance in 2018. Then you came back to 2022. So a very, very in and out, wasn't it for you? Um, it's been absolutely mad. I mean, I literally in 2007, I came in for two episodes and that was all I knew at the time. And uh, yeah, and then it just sort of followed on from there every few months or year or two years. I'd suddenly get a call to say, can Rainy come back for a bit of troublemaking? And, um, and there you that's were. Really- it's probably a really nice way to do it, because obviously, as we know, some characters, if you're permanent there, you know, you can have a year of not doing much. But obviously, if you're coming back for kind of stints, you're always going to be involved in brilliant storylines. Yeah, it's been it's really been a wonderful part of my life. And, and it's also allowed me, of course, to do so many other shows as well and so many other different genres of television and theatre. And, you know, I've really been able to keep the mix of everything going. And so it's it's, it, you know, the last four years in EastEnders was the longest stint that I'd ever committed to it as it were and and I have to say it was really fun really fabulous and we really saw development in Rainey's journey yeah that's the main thing wasn't it she really did develop she really did and she sort of settled down to you know dealing with her issues and her problems and her history and uh became a mum of course and uh, even though not a biological mum but became a mum and so yeah there's been quite a lot of of development with her so that's been really interesting for me to explore as well with Rainy. When you went in, you said it was for a couple of episodes. Now, I found this little quote, which I love. Um, The character was described as the slightly broken sister who's always one step away from a vodka bottle, which kind of did totally some rainy up. I mean, what were you told when you first joined about her? I was told that she would be uh, a a, a drug addict, that she was um, very heavily into heroin at the time and uh, that she was coming in as just for two episodes to rock up as uh, Tanya's sister yes played by formidable Joe Joyner of course that gorgeous gorgeous Isn't girl she lovely and actually that's a good point yeah. quickly to say I mean joining that family because I used to love working with Joe and Jake and uh, later becoming yeah. a Mitchell as well obviously I mean it, it what a family to join wasn't it as well to yeah, go into they- yeah, absolutely fantastic. And, you know, such lovely actors. And over the years, I've loved working with Jake as well. And, you know, it's been really just, you know, we you really do conjoin as people. I think that show really does bring people together. And weirdly, it does feel like a community. So we are all part of the EastEnders community. And that's really something. It is. So go back to, to what you were told. So you basically, you kind of were told, because obviously... You were in Family Affairs, which we'll quickly get to after this. But, I mean, you were there for three years. So, A, was it kind of a question whether to go to another soap? Because, obviously, we know nowadays it's much better for typecasting. I think think that's leaving us. But was it a choice? Was it – did you have to kind of make a decision? Well, it was quite funny because when it came to the end of Family Affairs, um, so I remember someone saying to me, another actor in that show said to me, what would you, you know, what would you really like to do after Family Affairs? And I said, I don't know. I think I'd like to play a professional in something, you know, or uh, a police officer or something. And and uh, I got cast in, in the bill. Yeah. Straight after wow. Yeah. It was quite funny. So I ended up doing that for about 15 months. And then, um, and then, when I when I was finishing Family Affairs, we actually had a producer who had been 
a, a very big producer on EastEnders, Jane Harris, and she was wonderful. She's a wonderful, wonderful producer. And she said to me, you know, at some point EastEnders will come knocking at your door. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, and she said, so just to say, give yourself a bit of time first and make sure you do lots of other things. And uh, I said, okay, all right, that's interesting. Okay, I'll bear that in mind. And needless to say, they did. And uh, it was four years later after I left Family Affairs, but actually that, that four years in between really did give me time to do other shows and in that time as well, I also did Pulling, which was a, a oh, yeah, comedy. We're gonna, oh, God, we're going to come to that. That's one of my favourite shows yeah. ever. <laughs> so um, so there was, you know, things like that came in between. And then, of course, once I then did agree to so I, I only agreed to two episodes. I know. Wow. And and I think there was something in, in my head that said, or oh, you know, do I want to be another regular in a in a, a show or not? And so, actually, um, two episodes sat very comfortably with me at that time because I, I it wasn't an offer of a regular, it wasn't an offer of a long term new character, and actually, she has only intermittently become that. Really, she's the most irregular regular that I've ever yeah, known. Her. Yeah, she is. And I mean, when you say two episodes, because actually, I find it. You know, I suppose in a way, going into a soap, I think, is always quite hard to... I I always say this, and actors say this, a lot of the work, even though the writers do a lot of work, then a lot of the work comes from the actor themselves to really formulate a character. Um, Because a lot of the characterization of that character has been done sometimes before they actually cast the final person. But So it it can be quite hard in a short space to really get across a character. Did you kind of work hard on... Or were they... Do you remember those first scripts? Were they quite brilliant in the fact that that character was signed, sealed and delivered? Well, I think because she was very, you know, it was very much obviously stated that she was going through a drugs problem. And so, and I went in for a day to meet Joe before and we sat down with the producer of that particular block and we we, we chatted and we talked about perhaps what the historical relationship would be. And because, I mean, bearing in mind, it was absolutely lovely, Lee, because it was a straight offer. I didn't have to audition. Audition, yeah, which is brilliant, isn't it? I mean, for people out there listening. Such a fantastic character. For people out there listening, obviously, just to to give them the insider's views. And normally, obviously, they come up with a character that you then start auditioning. You probably then have another round of audition. They probably have screen tests with the cast. But an offer is basically when you just just get offered it and you don't you miss all of that it was it was absolutely amazing and so from that point of view I thought well you know as a character she was a wonderful challenge for for me she you know she was so far removed from me it's untrue and uh, I I literally just thought okay well this is great this is a wonderful challenge of a character for me but also allows me to explore um, uh, you know an area in our life in our human life and society that I don't have contact with I haven't been I haven't been part of and that's you know to dealing with looking at the area of people um, that go through drug problems and and have to deal with those issues and so it gave me a lot of exploration It, it helped me to really research that and they gave me a lot of support in researching and uh and so I was really very fortunate I felt I was really not just learning something about uh, an area of life that perhaps I hadn't experienced, but also I was um, 
I was representing an area of life that perhaps is not always understood. And uh, and so that felt like a wonderful opportunity to take on that 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 responsibility, really. I guess, for want of a better word, I think word. that's why soap's that... brilliant. I mean, we'll quickly yeah. describe the. Well, I'll, I've come up with a kind of very very short explanation of some of the stories you did. Uh, mm. Stories for Reddy included sleeping with both brothers, Max and Jack, running. Uh, obviously, the drugs kept coming back. A crack cocaine story with Phil Mitchell, which is when I was there, which was so powerful. A custody battle with her mother, Cora Cross, played by the formidable Anne Mitchell as well. Feuded with Ben Mitchell, kidnapped baby Annie, uh, Abby, uh, more drug relapses, imprisonment for assaulting Kathy Bill and taking over the funeral parlour quite near the end with husband, as we said, got married with Stuart Highway. So, I mean, as we know, life in Albert Square is never quiet, but Rainey was never quiet, basically. No, she, she really has never been quiet. Imagine if that was and... your life story. I mean, you'd be, it's quite a, quite a depressing read, that, isn't it? <laughs> No, and yet weirdly exciting to play. Yes, hugely um, exciting to play. That's why so it's brilliant, isn't it? Because no, you know, a, a series you'll you'll kind of almost be playing, you know, in a series or a film. You know, you've got your character, and that's that. Whereas in soap, the character can, like we said, go through so many changes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you speak to a lot of actors that have been in soaps, they will say that you tend to explore more stories, more asset aspects of character than perhaps in any other genre of projects that you'll ever do. And uh, and I think it is because there are so many twists and turns that they can give your character. And also, I, I guess as well, you know, she was a, 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 um, a woman that had troubles that needed to be sorted that she was either going to deal with her demons or not deal with her demons and so there were areas there that could be explored could be opened up could see um, a future with perhaps going through rehab various different ways of of looking at Rainey and also you know there were many pieces of her life that needed to be put back together and uh, I mean, it remains to be seen if we'll ever see any other pieces of if her we'll life. Ever see. And actually, one of the most interesting things, I suppose, is that family you join, because actually Joe Joyner, the character of Tanya, had been well established. And actually, that's a yeah. side I think we don't see often on, uh, you know, the effect on the family. And there's a lot of families out there that will be dealing with having someone like Rainey in the mix. And actually, that's Absolutely. such an interesting thing that I think you know, when it's in your house every day, really allowed that story to play out in a way that probably really connected to people at home. Yes, and I think as well, you know, it, it means that, I, you know, and I had said at the time that if it helps a family or helps people to actually think about what is happening to someone that they love or perhaps to themselves and perhaps be able to deal with issues and problems um, that may not be easy for them, then if it, if it opens that up to them, then it's it's an amazing thing. and uh, and And I do think shows like EastEnders but I can only really speak for EastEnders and that is they when they do those subject matters I think they tend to do them very very well they um, do yeah well we often work yeah, don't we with, with big very... with big organizations and stuff as well absolutely. to get the proper advice absolutely you get the support so we ha- you know I had somebody that was an ex-addict with me on set and he would literally take me through the come down and oh, that's uh, brilliant. yeah it was amazing so there was there was a lot of representation of as as close to real life as you can get within the confines of um, 
artistry or storytelling or it being a fictitious scenario, you know. So, and yeah, I mean, really, it, really wonderful. It fell under some heavy criticism as well. I mean, the crap, that's when I was kind of there. And I know Steve, you know, is a formidable actor as well and was very, you know, very in the moment. I mean, obviously not method. He wasn't taking <laughs> crack cocaine, but, um, you know, really takes these things seriously. But it came under quite heavy criticism that you stood up for. I mean, these... Things I suppose always do, don't they, as well? But it's an important part that you have to show. I mean, some, you know, a lot of people saying it's too heavy for EastEnders, but actually, this is real life, you know, and that's what Soap's trying to portray. Absolutely. And I think both Steve and I, 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 we worked, we did work together, I thought, very well at that time. Oh, you did. It was brilliant. I'll say at that time, I think we always have done whenever we've worked together. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, in some ways, we're quite similar as actors. We work quite in the moment. We both work quite animalistically, quite instinctively. Um, and it was... Magic, yeah, actually, but, on screen. When when the, yeah. I love actors that work like that. You never quite know when you arrive at set as director how it's going to go, which is how the whole process should be, I think. You know, it's a, yeah, it's a whole so. circle of people joining in and making something. In the Absolutely. Moment. There's a dynamic that grows and an energy that grows between people. And you want to capture that. And, you know, things come out of the moment. And uh, and I think both his exploration, my exploration, it was, you know, it was storytelling. And what was quite interesting was how people actually complained about the fact that we were shown taking crack cocaine on on screen particularly before the watershed but actually we didn't show taking it we we didn't actually take it on screen and so that's the power of the storytelling that it can put that into the imagination of audience that they think they've seen it and uh, and that was actually what the complaints were about so you know it's it uh, to me that is where the power is right there no, that is where the power is. And like we said, EastEnders, I mean, what a formidable as when I, I mean, I've done all the soaps, obviously, but EastEnders was the one I was probably most nervous about because I'd watched it when I was young, you know, just walking on, mm. walking on Albert Square, the old Albert Square was kind of like yeah. momentous. It's weird, isn't it? Because you've done so much stuff, but things, because it's so in our psyche, a show like EastEnders mm. and you're, you being on screen must have been, a, especially joining at first for two episodes, must have been a nerve wrack. It must be, ner- I mean, every actor says every job is still nerve wracking. I mean, it must have been nerve wracking still walking on that set. Do you remember it? Well, the funny thing was, was I actually appeared in EastEnders. I think it was in 1991. Oh, did uh, you? Yeah, as another character for just five lines with uh, a scene, uh, I think it was four, four lines or something like that, with a scene with Doc Cotton. Oh wow! Um, oh, with brilliant yeah, June. Um, yeah, and I and that was much more nerve wracking than coming in and playing Rainy, because that was the point where I actually walked on Albert Square for the very first time. Wow! And then, of course, I didn't go back. I mean, you know, Rainy was a completely separate. Yeah, uh, and with June Brown as well, because who obviously was brilliant. But again, you know, yeah, working with her absolutely. is is what a brilliant thing to and nerve wracking thing to go in and do. Yeah, so I literally I just turned up and uh, did these five lines, and and that was that was much more nerve wracking than actually stepping into the shoes of Rainy. Funnily enough, when it when it came to Rainy, I was uh, I was much more experienced actor by that time. I'd had much more television experience by that time, and so really it was very much. I was excited by the character. I was excited yeah. by taking on the challenge of the character. And, and so, therefore, that's what I enjoyed. 
And then we have to mention Anne Mitchell, actually, because she's someone who joined who I just fell in love with. And I'm, I'm, it's a shame she didn't stay around for longer, actually, because that Cora was mm. a great character, wasn't she? And we, yeah. must, again, when she joined as your mum, it must yes. always be great when you hear who's going to play your mum. Yes. Yeah, it, it really was. And and her and I worked very well together and liked working together, enjoyed it. Again, she's somebody that works quite spontaneously in the moment. Um, she's obviously, you know, there's a lot of preparation that we do. But at the same time, we, we were able to do some prep work together. And um, she, yeah, I mean, you know, she again a wonderful character that she created there. So it was a lot, it was a good family dynamic. Her, myself, and it was, and the it character was. of Tanya was was a good. It was a good family trio. And then, I mean, she got involved with many people around the square. I mean, there was a, obviously, I remember as well, one of the big, big EastEnders stories was when Lucy Bill got murdered and uh, Ian had been getting calls from a mysterious R in his phone, uh, which then got revealed that was Rainey, who often, who was actually, uh, he had seen as a prostitute. I mean, does that, did that, that was obviously one of those calls you got saying, right, we want her back. And again, that must have been like, wow, this is a, a new, another side to her to experience. Well, and we, I had known in the past when, when Rainey was, when she very, very first came in on heroin, you know, she was turning tricks at that point. So we did already know, know that she, she used was a, prostitution yeah. as a way of, of making money to supply, uh, you know, to, to, to actually get drugs and um, not supply drugs, sorry, to get drugs. And, um, and so therefore... I knew that that was part of her history. That was already part of her lifestyle. I suppose it was more the shock that it was Ian Beale that had been. It was with Ian Beale. And then, of course, and it was also at that point as well that she managed to uh, frame um, Mick, Danny Dyer's character (laughs) as well that time too so it was yeah you know it is it's fun and you work with so many of the different actors different characters everybody brings their own thing to it yeah it's very uh, different isn't it whenever I used to find you know you'd have a day with the Brannings and maybe a day then with the Mitchells over at the Vic and each day was very different because the groups of actors work very differently as well I think on shows like that yes and I think because of that because of the eclectic mix of characters there's not an overall style of acting no no you 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 tend to you find what it is between you in that moment but of course you know those characters you know what the personality of those characters are and both as actors and as and the character that they're playing so it's you know it's fun you're stepping in and out of each other's shoes and that's quite wonderful there and did you, Neil, um, Neil McDermott, actually, who played Ryan, said a really interesting thing on series one of Soap in the Box, was that he watched it before he joined, because especially in TV, every show's got kind of a different level of acting. You know, you could you could play things too big or too small. Did you yeah. do anything like that? Did you watch it kind of trying to work out where Rainey was going to fit? Do you know what I mean? Because I think Soap yes, is a place. I, I do. No, I didn't, actually. I didn't do that. I worked very much on the instinct of character yeah. very much on going for the truth of the character and uh, yeah it's very much for me about formulating what the truth is and if you can truthfully tell the story as truthfully as you, as you possibly can then to me that's any job that I do that's what I will always 
bring to a, a project. That's my, that's what challenges me. That, that, that's the challenge I love. And the that's excitement the, of it, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the part of the, of my job that I, I would say is my, um, is my key to, to my profession. So therefore, I approached it in very much the same way as I always do. And I didn't worry about style. I didn't worry about, um, you know, how, how, how she was going to look. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because everyone does approach things so differently, which makes life exciting on shows like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think as well that, you know, when that storyline came up with Steve, for example, uh, they called me and asked me to go back to what the, what the story would entail. And, uh, and my question was, do you, do you think that Steve and I will work well together? Because I knew it was going to be very intense and I wanted to know from the producers that they trusted that myself and Steve would work well together. And, of course... It, it did. It seemed to, and we did work well together, and we enjoyed working together. So, but I did ask that question first of all because I think if you're going to take on important stories, then you need to make sure that all the elements fit. Work. Yeah, important. yeah, yeah. And that's what I suppose you don't get when on shows like you know you haven't got that screen test or that you know mm. you might have a read around the table. You know, it's kind of got to work straight Absolutely. away, hasn't it, when you're on set? But um, yeah. uh, final bit about um, Ray. I mean, you then went back, which is really sad because obviously Abby, brilliant. Lorna died and her life support was turned off another another yes. point you you went back always yes. sad I was always sad that sh- they did that to Lorna's character actually because she was brilliant you know when you think oh I do, in soap when they when people were killed off you think you like you know you get to return and you just think it closes off those avenues doesn't it which is a shame yeah. sometimes yes it does and I guess sometimes they choose to do certain things for certain stories or to move other characters in certain ways or whatever it may be. Um, but it, 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 yeah, it was a shame because she, obviously we'd seen that character grow up. In the yeah. Show. And she was coming into her own, I think as well, Lorna. She wasn't was, she? Yeah, she was. And uh, so, yes, it, it was, it was sad. And, and, and I guess as well as a professional auntie, because it was going in and going through that story was, was, was sad. I mean, you know, Rainy came was to be around the bed, the hospital bed, and that's what she came in for. And uh, and then, of course, you know, the next stint was just a few weeks later. I went back then to marry, marry Max. Her <laughs> yes, <laughs> as you do, as, as you, you do. do. And yeah, obviously, yeah. you've now gone again. Well, uh, it's obviously the doors open, and I'm I'm assuming that we can't say never to you going back again. Yeah, I, I have absolutely no idea. It's uh, I always, when I walk out of those gates, I in my head, I always think I'm walking out for the last time. And I don't know how many times I've walked back into them again. <laughs> so it's, uh, I never say never with that show. And uh, and if it is a never again, well, then it's also been a it's wonderful It's been brilliant. Journey. And how is, you're the first person I've had on for a while for me, Sendis, who's worked on the new set. I haven't been. What is the new set like? It's it was very weird going in actually for the very first time because of course it is a replica of the old set. However, there's additions to it, yeah, and there's also uh, better areas for the actors to wait in and that sort of thing as well. There's actually green rooms and things that where are warmer than actually how it's standing to be in the, the empty vic with the you know That's drips right. dripping exactly. on you and stuff. 
absolutely so in that way it's uh, it's it's nicer and it, yeah it, it it was amazing because you did walk on and and it was disconcerting double take yeah because you're you're so used to working in one particular direction from your dressing room to go to the the back lot and then suddenly you're walking in this completely different direction but it still feels like you're ending up in the same place so <laughs> the was, same place yeah what i always loved it. about eastenders was even though uh, you know, I would say the facilities at Coronation Street are probably a bit better for the actors and dressing rooms, but I love the little gold plates on the door. You had a gold plate, I'm taking it on your door. That's right, yes, yeah. And, 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 name they, and they character got... name, which I love. Yes, yes, and, and I think because she's still alive, you know, they, they take them there. and they, they them haven't, they haven't, They haven't sold it off yet. No, they haven't sold it off. They they put it. I think they keep them in the office. They put them in a file and wait for see if uh, if your character ever comes back again. Well, I it's know every EastEnders fan out there will be dying for Rainy to go back. So obviously, watch this space. Now we're going to move on to. You've done so much other work, and I do this with most guests. And most people don't remember hardly anything. Just to get through some of the roles, I'm going to see if you remember who you played in some of the things. We obviously sure. know you were Karen Ellis in Family Affairs. We'll touch on that in a minute. In the bill, do you remember your your uh, DCI name? DCI Morell. Yes, that's correct. You were then in Holby City for an episode called Live and Let Die. Do you remember who you played in that? No, can't remember the character's name. <laughs> Tina Papworth. <laughs> I'd have to look on IMDb. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, well, I've got that in front of me, so don't get that up, otherwise you're cheating. <laughs> but Tina Papworth in that. Uh, oh, doctors. Funny. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the character's name, but that was a great little character because uh, she was a little sh- shriveling violet that then came out of herself when she did Marilyn Monroe impersonations in a club. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a great little character to play. Juliet Nichols. Sort of Juliet Nichols, she was. Like one episode guest roles. Yeah, which are always nice, aren't they? That's nice. Juliet yeah, Nichols. Yeah, then we fun. move, obviously, to pulling. You obviously know who you played in that. Yeah, Karen. 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 I mean, we watched that. I remember we started watching that a couple of Christmases ago and kind of binge watched it. And I absolutely loved it. So you were the promiscuous, raunchy, aggressive primary school teacher. Um, (laughs) Obviously, it was a series written by Sharon um, Horgan, who is one of my idols. I mean, that must have been a dream job to get. Well, it also was as well because it was, uh, I mean, the scripts were absolutely fantastic. Amazing, yeah. Very funny. And it was written by Sharon Horgan and Dennis Kelly. And um, Dennis Kelly wrote has written Matilda. So, you know, he wrote that with Tim Minchin. And um, so he's also a wonderful, wonderful writer. And it, it, as soon as I read that character, I just went, oh, my goodness. She was brilliant. She, I mean, again, your character was brilliant and you were so, so fantastic different. in it. Thank you. And but she, and she was so different from me. Karen is so different from <laughs> yeah. me. And, um, and so it was also one of those where I just thought, gosh, if I can pull this off, this is fantastic because uh, 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 that's what interests me. Characters that are very challenging or different to me really interest me. They're ten, they tend to be the ones that I get drawn to. So to have been able to... To, I mean, there was a lot of people that went up for that role and for that show. I bet. And so I was absolutely, yeah, I mean, I was over the moon when I was offered that. And character. it must be nice because you say, obviously, so different than you, but that's the great thing about acting. I'm sure loads of us, you know, us, whoever plays, you know, bitches and stuff, where they get to go into work and be completely unlike they would ever be. You know, like Emma yeah. Atkins, who plays Charity in Emmerdale, exactly like this, the nicest person. But it must be kind of quite... Um, what's the word lethargic when you get to go and kind of be this person you never would do yourself but what fun being able to do it and get paid for it 
Well, absolutely. You know, you get to explore different psyches of the human existence that you wouldn't necessarily find yourself party to. And also, uh, in my particular area of having played certain characters, it's less dangerous for me. I can do it professionally and not have to do it in my personal life. Yes. I don't think I can survive. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. she was a piece of work, wasn't she, Karen? She was brilliant. And what was it like? Obviously, Sharon was a, was one of the main three girls in it as well. I mean, was yeah. that, had you ever worked with an actor who had also obviously has got so much control of the series was that kind of what was that experience like yeah no I don't think I had before I think that might have been the first time and uh, uh well I mean you know it's wonderful to have somebody on set of course that knows the background to the scripts because if you have any questions you've got someone right there, right there yeah and, uh, and also it, it's a great guide too because they see they, they 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 see in their head already how they would like it to be and uh, and so you know it's kind of nice because you you do have almost like a professional support system right there with you and you're working with them which is and... brilliant but is that weird as another actor because normally other actors don't you know it's quite in a way it's quite uh not the thing to do to give another actor notes isn't it so is it no, is but, I, but, I, but i think you know in the circumstance of where the other actor is also a producer of the show yeah. and so a writer of the show, you know, it's it's credit where that is due, and that is absolutely their opinion counts as much as 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 in some ways the directors and the director of that, you know, who I still remain very 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 good friends with, and he was, I, you know, I really used to turn to him as a director because I think playing comedy on television is quite different than playing it live, of course, because you yes. don't have the audience reaction. Yeah. So yeah. when you're doing comedy live, you hear whether it works or not. Of course, on television, I literally used to look to the director at the end of every tape. As if he's laughing. Please tell me, did that work? Did that work? Because, of course, you just didn't have the, the audience reaction in the same way. And, of course, they can't laugh because, you, you know, you, you can't, can't ruin the take. Yeah. laughter going on in the background. I mean, so, it did um, so well. It won BAFTA for Best Comedy Series. You were nominated at the British Comedy Awards in 2009. What a series. What a great... And, again, such a departure from everything else you've done, isn't it? I mean, the character yes. may be some similar traits to Rainey, but, I mean, just such a different... It was just groundbreaking, that show. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She's very clever, isn't she, Sharon, at kind of honing in on these aspects of real life in so many different Absolutely, ways. I, lo- yeah. I love divorce, actually, as well. Um, but let's quickly um, mention Family Affairs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's long gone now, unfortunately. It's not a show I actually watched, but you arrived there in 2000, stayed for three years. Again, quite a lot of big stories. You had um, mm-hmm. breast cancer, it, we de- dealt with infertility, surrogacy, child custody battle. How was it different than EastEnders Family Affairs? Well, I suppose it, you were newer and fresher, so it was very different yeah, for you. It was, it was actually it was um, it was actually cervical cancer. It was uh, it wasn't breast cancer. It was cervical oh, okay, cancer. sorry. Um, that's all right, and that but that also led to the surrogacy story in that, which is quite ironic that they're the, all these the rainy, later, yes, yeah, surrogacy story in EastEnders. But um, yeah, I mean that you know that was my my first big leap into television family affairs because although I had done that one very tiny episode uh, of EastEnders that very tiny stint of four or five lines in EastEnders in 1991 I had I, I, that wasn't a break in television if you no, know what I mean yeah yeah so, and that was one tiny moment in 14 years of continuous theatre so when I went into family affairs family affairs was my television break and 
I was quite nervous about being in a long running show. Um, I, I didn't know that that was something that I wanted to do. And I, I was quite nervous of that at the time. However, when I look back, I'm so pleased that I did because also at the time, Fa uh, Family Affairs was on Channel 5 and Channel 5 had only just started and a lot of the country didn't see Channel 5. Yes, so yeah. I was able to cut my teeth on camera. Without being seen by too many people. About 900,000 viewers rather than millions. And uh, and so in some ways, it, uh, I, you know, I, I, I was able to explore a little bit more what it was to work with a camera and uh, and not feel that I was having to live up to a massive critique, you know. Expectation, because uh, that's the thing. Yeah, it's I mean, it's yeah. a great training ground for every job behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, because I suppose working on camera, unlike stage again, it's, it's the little things, isn't it? It's like you do need to hit a mark and you do, don't do need to get in other people's lighting because the lighting's not like it is on film. It's very, yeah. you know, broad sense lighting. Those little things, which normally you don't think, like you said, you want to be in the moment, but actually they're the little kind of skills that you need to pick up quite quickly, aren't they? I still would never be able to hit a mark without looking down, but it's kind of one of those little skills you have to get used to. You do, you just learn it and you learn it with practice and you learn it over the years. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, that I really, I'm very thankful for that job yeah absolutely okay so leaving family affairs behind let's get back to the little quiz let's have a couple more here so uh obviously eastenders uh rainy cross you were in the cup uh do you remember who you played in the cup oh, God. <laughs> sorry no one does it's like an act you learn lines huh? and then you're gone, do you know what i mean um it was let me have um what was her name sandra Yes, Sandra Farrell. Woohoo! You've done yeah. better than most people. And then, I mean, you've yeah. gone on to do some amazing series. You've been in Broadchurch, Ashes to Ashes, uh, some of the biggest, Pram Face, which is absolutely brilliant, Chewing Gum, Vera. Uh, what's it like again? Like things like Vera. Um, what's it like going in? Did you work with the brilliant Brenda Blethyn? I did. Oh, I amazing. Did. I mean, incredible. What's it like going into a big series like that again as a kind of as a guest part? Yeah, again, uh, it's it, it is it in in some ways, I think it's almost harder to go in as a guest role than it is to go in as a new regular in a show or a new semi-reg or something, because uh, you the, everything is there. You know, the the program knows what it is. All the formula is in place, yes, and yeah. you're only going to be there for a very short period of time. So it, she was absolutely lovely to me. Um, She's we, amazing, isn't she? I love, I love. Yeah, her. we chatted, and she was, you know, she was, she was great energy and kind, and so there was, there's, there's. I think it really does warrant the regulars on shows to help to. The, for to help the guest artist to feel comfortable. Yes, because often in so, often in so you can see guest actors feeling quite uncomfortable because I suppose yes. people come and go, and the, some of the lead cars just forget. I think to do that, and actually, it's so important. Yes, it, it's really important because guest artists are just stepping in. They're coming in to do one episode. They've been cast for one particular character because they feel the, the producers and directors feel they're right for it. However, they will be there for a short period of time and you want to get the best performance possible out of that actor and you want them to feel as comfortable as possible and you want them to have a nice time. You hope, I always hope that when I'm a regular in a show and I have a guest artist come in, I always hope that when that 
our actor walks away from the show that they at least feel that they've had a day or two or a week or whatever it might have been with us, having enjoyed it, having enjoyed hopefully working with me and other actors around me, and that it will be a nice memory for them and something that they will have actually got something from. Uh, from, yeah. I always you say don't want me, it. Think... You don't want them to feel bad or about it or feel no, alienated. They felt ignored or, or they didn't get a chance to do their best, you know, either. Absolutely. I always think, Absolutely. I look back and just think can you I think the biggest show for me imagine being a guest actor going into Friends back in the day that must have been (laughs) so so nerve-wracking you know and I also think as well the other thing is when you are a regular in a show and the guest artists come in they actually bring in a new energy with them totally which keeps you on your toes too it's I find that quite thrilling because it's quite easy to find your way. You know your formula, you know your character, you know quite often the 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 sound of the scripts, as it were. So then when somebody else comes in, there's there's a new a new spark, a new thing that you have to play with, a new a new energy that you have to bounce off. And that's quite exciting because it keeps you fresh too. Yeah. And also you never know when those guest actors like you will become a full-time part of the show as well. Absolutely. 100 100 no, everybody, everybody plays to... their part so exactly it's, it's i have to mention i have to mention broadchurch with you because that was kind of like a phenomenon wasn't it it kind of just took yeah. off and like sparks what's what it must be great to to be part of those shows as well that just suddenly go insane yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 I mean, that was again something so completely different. I mean, if you think of pulling and you think of um, EastEnders and you think of these other shows that I've, I've done, you know, to then also be able to do such great high drama. Yeah. As you know, I feel very, very honoured and uh, and very thankful that I've been able to get these opportunities. so many things. Well, the TV CV is brilliant. Obviously, uh, you started, like we said, in theatre. We're going to talk about Othello, which you're doing at the moment, which sounds just fantastic. I've got to come and see it. But you were born yeah. in Plumstead. I mean, was theatre, was acting something that was, you know, inbred in you from a young age? Had you always wanted mm-hmm. to act? I did. I did always want to act. I, did, I wanted to act from a child. And I, I loved it at school. And I also... Um, my father was a, 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 a lighting cameraman, actually. And oh, he started okay. as a photographer and then he became a lighting cameraman and um, or a DOP, director of photography. And although I he didn't, he, 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 I, you know, I didn't he didn't give me any ins, if you know what I mean. There was no footage in because of him. But when, when I was very tiny, he had me in a couple of short films that he made. And um, and I was sort of aged two or something or three or you know I was very young and uh, I think at six months I was actually pushed down a pram in one of his short films and um, and uh, and it was um yeah so I I think got the bug quite early there was probably yes I said I guess there was probably a bug that was instilled from a very early age in that way however I then went through school quite normally doing plays at school as you do but I knew that I wanted to join a local theatre I knew that I wanted to explore that more and it I became quite ambitious to become an actor and which you need to be I think as well actually for people listening I think you need that I mean I used to act when I was younger and actually thought oh I'm not quite ambitious enough to make it do you know what I mean because I'll work because you need that real you know this card is a hard industry as we know and you really need to be committed to making it don't you 
Yeah, and the, that that insecurity is, uh, you have to take it on. And I met Glenda Jackson when I uh, was just leaving secondary school. And, you know, she was a Hollywood star. She was a film star. She was a great British actress and very prominent. And she said to me, you know, be prepared to be unemployed 80% of the time. And I remember hearing that it was the best words that I ever heard at the age of 15, because I remember thinking, OK, I, I, I'll take that on board. But in my head, I switched it and I went, I'll do everything I can to make sure that I'm unemployed 20 percent of the time. The time. The yeah, 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 yeah. I'm working. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, I, which which actually encouraged I sort of it, it infused myself. Gave you like a baton to, to like run with. Yeah. And I used to produce my own shows when I first came out of drama school. I would put my own shows on the Fringe Theatre, the London Fringe. And uh, and I did that for quite some time, for quite some years. I'd go backwards and forwards to putting on my own shows in between jobs. And yeah, so it's there's been a lot of hard work in it. Um, however, I would definitely say that hard work has paid off. Paid off, yeah. And, uh, and, and I still have as much enthusiasm and tenacity and energy for it as I as did when did I first when started. started. I, I love think that's, my work. Yeah, that's the job. thing with us. I think when you love it, that stays with you forever, doesn't it? And, and yeah, doing your own yeah. stuff actually keeps that, keeps the momentum going and keeps you positive and feeling good as well in times that you aren't actually being employed. So I think that's a great, a great tip. Well, I think, you know, I think it's also a mental thing where you turn around and say, actually, if somebody's paying you, does is that the only time that you it counts as you being employed? Yes. But sometimes the investment in yourself is also you employing yourself. And I think that's important that sometimes by creating your own work or creating projects or creating ideas is an investment in yourself. Somebody else may not be paying you, but in my head, I'm still being employed by myself. Yeah. And you are, you're paying yourself. You're paying yourself. You're paying yourself. It's an investment of your time and your energy. And so therefore, and money that comes from that, fantastic but if it doesn't you've certainly employed yourself with your own energy and your time yeah no that's that's a great tip and that's a great for people to take on board actually and obviously there's so much theatre work you've done you've been in some of the greatest theatres obviously now at the moment you're at the national which i know is a dream for so many so many actors mm-hmm. it's a new version of othello clint dyer's directed directed it who's done death of mm-hmm. england parts one two and three amongst many other things um some great actors in it the reviews are stunning i mean it's a, basically a whole new take isn't it of the of of Othello it is and I mean this is the fourth production I've done at the National I haven't been there since I think it was 2010 was the last time I was there and it's so lovely to be back and literally I mean this came up a week after me leaving the last Amazing. contract extenders, so which was extraordinary I didn't know it was going to be in the ether at all you know I had no idea came right out of the blue and uh so it's really fantastic to step back into that building again and it, yes it's a completely new Look at that from the point of view of taking the script and saying, what is it really truly about? about? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Clint was very clear that he wanted to really tackle racism in it. We also tackle very strongly misogyny in it. And this is all in the script. This is nothing that we've added on. It's there. But quite often it gets overlooked or other topics get taken over. And, you know, I think it's quite it's a very 
uh, it's a new raw take on it. And um, well, that's exciting. I'm that's very, exciting. very proud of it. Very proud of it. And I think it's 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 epic. And it, once you're on the roller coaster of it, you you have to keep moving with it. It's quite fast paced in that way. Um, yeah, very, very much loving it. Very much enjoying it. And I and love course, the it- uh, in 19- yeah, oh, I mean, I'm definitely going to come and see you. In, in 1964, actually, is where they obviously the national uh, stage of Hello with Laurence Olivier. I mean, the history is just incredible. There must does it strike you that that you're on in the same place? You know, as when oh, when- oh absolutely. I mean, you know, it is truly one of the greatest theatres in the world, the National Theatre. There's there's no question about it. And so I'm very honoured to be back there. Um, you know, and there is the thing of of course politically when. Laurence Olivier played it there was the thing of it, it was blackface and we you know this is something that needs to be tackled and we yes, are addressing yeah which that is in, what this new production in, in does history. Yeah. we are addressing that and it was very important for Clint to address that and uh and he's you know remarkably I mean this this should not be the case but he is the first black director to be directing Othello in a, a major wow. London theatre ever Wow. The first black director. And, uh, you know, we shouldn't have come to surely all this time. We should have been in 2022. No, it's insane. However, you know, he's he's taken it on. It's taken him a long time to get this project on. He's been devoted to getting this project on for about the last 20 years. And he's finally managed to do it. So it's, you know, it's a it's it's a it's a passion project as well. Yeah, well, incredible, so. and no, I'm I mean, very sounds, and the reviews are fan- the reviews are fantastic. So everyone go and see that why you can. I mean, it just sounds brilliant. Yeah, even I've read, the, I read there's even kind of old posters of old productions projected on to, at the beginning as well. Mm. Yeah, they the project the projection is very much uh, yeah looking at it looks at um, the posters of a lot of the 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 old the historic productions so yeah you, you see all that at the very beginning and that's that's really wonderful it, it, and it brings it it says you know and this is 2022 yeah. this is our production this is this is the production for today um it's been a pleasure to have you on soap from the box tanya I mean, oh, it's, literally... it's been a joy your work I mean so many things that, that I've loved you in you're just so brilliant it's amazing so thank you for coming on and sharing some stories of those and if you haven't by the way everyone watch Pulling it's a series that's great for Christmas and New Year go and binge watch that it's absolutely fantastic Along yeah I think you can put it on iPlayer still I think so, is uh... it still on iPlayer yeah we start, I start watching so. it like I said and we couldn't stop I think we watched them all in one go it was incredible I loved <laughs> it I do love that you can binge watch now it's great isn't it yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, so, well, uh, we will speak to you soon. And uh, and EastEnders fans out there, you'll never know if a mysterious R will be back. So uh, keep yeah. watching. To yeah, you, you'll know when you'll know. Probably just a few weeks after Tanya knows. <laughs> yes, probably. Speak to you All later. Right, so great to talk to you. Bye bye. How amazing to have Tanya on season four of Soap from the Box. If you want to hear the unedited version with some extra content, get the whole show by joining up for free to us 
on the Another Slice podcast player. Just sign up over there on anotherslice.com slash soap from the box. You can also hear a full special episode with EastEnders star Jacqueline Josser, which you can only hear on Another Slice for free when you sign up. You can also press subscribe and just for a few quid, you have access to so much more. I'll be back same time, same place next week. Thank you for joining us on season four of Soap from the Box. Have a great week. Bye.